The best is yet to be. Are you looking with excitement to the future and living life that is truly thrilling and satisfying? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to this week's episode of Married by Design. Jan and I have been really enjoying the series and thinking back on the book that we read some time ago called The Best is Yet to Be by Bruce Pepin. We decided about six years ago that we needed to study this idea of living a great second half of our life. We wanted to think about the issues we'd face and plan for our future. That's what we've been looking at in this series, how God has so created life so that we can enjoy every moment, not just the first half, but especially the second half. And we've been looking at the idea of how to enjoy it as well as the thrill of making a difference in other people's lives. What do you think about a great second half of life? We're suggesting that it's not merely to retire and do nothing and play golf all day. Okay, some people are playing golf and we're not putting that down. But our suggestion is that life can be so fulfilling and exciting if we're about God's business. Walking with Him, seeing Him work is an incredible thrill in itself. And when you add to that the ways that He can use you in other people's lives, it's worth getting up for every day, even if you don't have a full-time job. We really haven't focused that much on the financial planning or health issues. Those are things that you need to pay attention to how you should be saving for retirement, and how you keep yourself in shape so that you have a good retirement. We did talk about that some when we looked at examples of old saints in the Bible and how strong they still were towards the end of their life. But we're not financial planners or physical trainers. You need to think about those things as you look for the future. But we want to encourage you to add to that some other aspects of life that will make you excited about what he's doing here on earth. That means there should be no fading away, no sitting on the bench and just puttering around the house, not at least while you're able to be involved in other people's lives. And for the most part, that doesn't end till you're gone. So we looked at the midlife crisis. We looked at examples of people who thrived in the second part of their life, as well as people that lost it and ended poorly. Last week, we looked at the ongoing influence you can have as you get older on your immediate family. With all the wisdom and experience that God has given you, you have so much to offer your children and grandchildren. And you should not miss those opportunities. We're grandparents now, and we're loving it. Being able to be with our children or grandchildren is such a blessing. But then to add to that the ability to encourage and influence them towards following Jesus. Nothing is more satisfying or exciting. We also talked about spiritual children and our ability to have an impact on people who may not be blood relatives, and yet they're brothers and sisters in Christ, through discipleship. These are the kind of things that keep me motivated. They keep me motivated to exercise so that I'm fit and have the energy to serve others and build those relationships. Motivated to keep my mind clear and engaged. Motivated to walk closely with the Lord so that I have something really to offer them. Well, this week we're going to look at another way that we can make the second half of life fantastic. We truly do believe that the best is yet to be. We have a sure and solid hope in eternity. Because Jesus Christ died for our sins, we have a full confidence that He will receive us, and we have a mansion in heaven waiting for us. 
But not everybody has that hope. Many, probably most, people in the world do not have that hope in Christ. They either have surprisingly never heard and understood the gospel, or they've heard it and maybe haven't seen it lived out in the life of someone. Or they've just rejected it so far, and they have not chosen to follow Christ. Last week, we looked at the family and the impact we can have. This week, we're looking at everyone else, your neighbors, your co-workers, the people that you see at the store, distant relatives, many more. There's so many people around us, if we open our eyes, living without hope, without Christ, without forgiveness, without the joy of knowing the Lord. And this need they have should excite us as we look at the second part of our life. This is something that excited our Lord. His desire to reach the lost and see people come to him. In Luke 15, verse 10, after Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin, he said, Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Great joy in heaven by the angels for one sinner who repents. The Bible says that God doesn't desire any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. That's the heart of God. He loves each person so much that he sent his son to die and has sent his children on a mission to reach the lost. And when one person is found, like one sheep or one coin, there is great joy. Great joy. Have you ever experienced that? Not because of good circumstances, because you have enough money in the bank, or because your marriage is going well, but because you have had an opportunity to talk to somebody about Christ? Maybe you've had a chance to lead somebody to Christ or see somebody come to salvation. Maybe you've heard about somebody coming to Christ that you've been praying for so for some time. What an exciting thing that is to know that they then have peace with God, that they are a child of God destined for heaven instead of hell. That's a great joy equal to, to discipleship. So the question is, what does this specifically have to do with the second half of life? A lot. And you as a couple need to encourage each other to consider your outreach as you enter into the second part of your life. Remember, you're a team and partners and encouragers of each other. There are a number of benefits to being in the second half of your life. The passage of time and the work of God in your hearts has brought you to a place that you were not when you were younger. If you would compare yourself now to what you were like like when you were in your 20s, hopefully you'll see that you're very different. That's right, and some of those differences make you more effective in sharing your faith and looking for those lost sheep and coins. For one thing, you're more grounded in the Word. If you've been a Christian for a while and growing in your faith, over the years you have been reading the Bible, studying it, and hearing messages. You have a lot more knowledge and a deeper understanding of God's Word. And there's more. Because you're older, you have learned skills of how to relate and talk to people. You're probably not as self-focused, self-doubting, and self-conscious in your relationships. Most people, as they mature, have learned the skill of conversation and interaction, relating to people and connecting with them. That's a great skill to have as you think about building relationships for the gospel. A third way that you're probably better equipped now than when you were in your 20s is that you're not as afraid of what people think. Most people that are older realize that the other person is not always right, and their opinion of you does not weigh as heavy as it maybe did when you were younger. You can find yourself a little freer to speak your mind and express your thoughts and your convictions. Your value is not based as much on what other people think of you. 
that in itself can really boost you up to be a little bolder and more confident as you talk to people around you. And talk to people around you. This time of being in your 50s and 60s and 70s when you're retiring shouldn't be a time of isolation. You have so much to offer in so many ways, and God wants to use you for people's eternity. If you just see the opportunities and don't pass by them because you're busy with your own life. The parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25, is challenging. It was the scribes and Pharisees who were so busy with their own lives that they were oblivious to the need of the man who was beaten on the road. It's a challenge to me because I think about how often I'm so busy and wrapped up in my own life that I've walked by somebody that has a need. It may be just a basic physical need for a meal or somebody to care enough to ask them how they're doing, someone to listen to them. All those things and more can lead to an opportunity for the gospel. That's what the Good Samaritan did. He noticed the need, went out of his way to respond to the immediate need for medical attention and a place for the beaten man to stay. And Jesus says to us, go and do likewise. That's a challenge, but it's incredible what opportunities will open up before us if we just keep our eyes open, if we're open to the needs of those around us, not just spiritually, but also in every area of their lives. This is what we see Jesus doing in the Gospels. He preached about the kingdom of God. The Gospel is essential, and we can't leave that out. But we see his example of caring for the needs of others and healing those that were sick and providing food. All those material needs can be met and can make an opening for the good news of Jesus Christ. It's important for us to be engaged as we get older. We want to be engaged with the people around us, to get to know our neighbors. We're planning on having a barbecue this spring to invite our neighbors just to get to know them, to begin to see their needs and what's going on in their lives, and to look for opportunities for the gospel. I could find it easy just to be home and for us to do our own thing, but it's so much more exciting to be engaged with people in their lives. The times when I've had a chance to talk to somebody about the Lord and share the gospel, I've gone away from there more excited to see God work and open up that conversation, even if they don't accept Christ at that point. And that's an exciting way to live. That's the kind of life on your last day you can look back and feel a sense of satisfaction that God has used you. If you don't have the Bible knowledge that you feel you should, maybe you need to do some studying. If you feel that you need to hone your skills of conversation engaging with people, take a look at that. If you feel like you still lack the self-confidence, that's something you need to work on. There's a lot of barriers and excuses that we can make for not being a witness. To be a witness first with our life, and then second of all, in our words. If you just begin to pray and ask God to give you opportunities, it's amazing what doors He will open. As you look toward a time in your life where things begin to slow down, You have to realize that you may have even more time than you did when you were working full-time and taking care of kids. We challenge you to use that time wisely, to use it for something that will thrill you as you realize that this is the best part of your life. So now for your homework. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to again discuss with your spouse these issues. How have the two of you as a couple been a witness for Christ? How have you done individually? What are the barriers and excuses that you bring up that have prevented you from being that light? What do you need to work through to get more effective in the second part of your lives? 
Let me just mention some things that you can do right now to prepare for the second part of your life. Or if you're in it, these are things that you can begin to work on to make it a great life. First of all, begin to pray about your witness. Pray that God would open up your heart to the needs of those around you. Pray for opportunities to specifically talk about the gospel. Pray for specific people, whether it's neighbors, family members, or other friends that are not believers. And if there are any barriers or excuses that you can see, address those. You may need to study those things in the Bible or seek counsel from your pastor. Sharing your faith is always a little scary. But when you have a chance to share the good news with someone and either lead them to Christ or at least point them in that direction, it is the most exciting thing that you can do. Well, let me pray. Father, I just lift up each of us as we consider these ideas that we would be like that good Samaritan, God, aware of the needs of people around us, especially the spiritual needs. And God, that you would help us to see those needs and respond to those needs. Father, I pray for each person that if there are barriers and issues that make them hesitant, that they would be able to work through those things and enjoy the joy that Jesus has and the angels have, God, at seeing one sinner repent. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'd love to pray for you. If you have a request or somebody that you've been wanting to be a witness to, let us know and we'll pray with you about that. Our email address is marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. We'd also ask you to share this podcast with somebody right now. Well, next time on our podcast, we're going to be looking at some other elements in our life that will help us to have a great second half of life. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Married by Design.